0: this is leadership in action and i'm casey cheshire join me as we delve deep into the passions expertise and experiences of boston area innovators sponsored by the boston chapter of the entrepreneurs organization this is leadership in action happy new year everyone happy new year this is the first one back doesn't necessarily mean you haven't been listening to the show. Throughout this year, but this is the first time I get to say to everyone and happy new year 2022 so excited and this is going to be the year that makes up for all those other years and what better way to start this year off than with a guest and a topic and an expertise that we all could use a little little more thought into travel. I have a titan of the travel industry here. She is an absolute badass. She's an entrepreneur. She's a leader, a thought leader, business leader. Also, uh, many, many accolades. Named world's top travel specialist in 21 and 22, Conde Nast, top 25 all-star travel advisors by Travel Agent Magazine, founder and managing partner of Travel Luster, founder and travel designer at DA Luxury Travel. Kristen Chambers, welcome to the show. hello hi Casey thank you for having me happy new year all yeah happy new year man the idea of travel just excites me sometimes almost every show we have here we kind of talk about travel at the end of it so very exciting to be in this topic almost for the entire time I think anyone listening if even if they can't get away even listening to the show might be like a mental travel trip for them but I, I'm going to stop talking. I want to get to this thing. So I want to pass you the baton. Uh, smash for some kind of myth, misconception around leadership, being an entrepreneur, running a company.
1: You know, you asked me that question. The first thing that came to mind is that it's no longer cool to be the burnt out CEO. Um, no longer cool to, it's like not a badge of honor to say I'm working 24 seven. And and I think that's where travel comes into play big time. We work with a lot of CEOs, a lot of high achieving, um, very successful men and women, and um, they take time to travel and to reconnect with their loved ones. Um, always want to make sure you stay connected, of course. But um, I think we are starting to respect people more uh, who take the time to fill their cups and to reconnect. I mean, you can't pour from an empty cup. That's what my executive coach always tells me. He reminds me almost weekly, so <laughs> I'm right. going with that. Respect That's-
0: those who fill their cups. Why do you think, where did the, that myth come from? The idea of the, the burnt out CEO and that badge of honor, that, that thing that said, oh yeah, look, look how busy, look how frazzled that CEO looks. They must be putting in extra time at the office.
1: You know, I don't know. Um, growing up the way I was raised, I, I came from two parents who, you know, both worked full-time jobs, raising three kids, you know, president of the, the soccer league, volunteer for this, hosted our in, you know, just always, always going. And, um, you know, I came home and, you know, I would get an A-. And my mom was like, well, why didn't you get an A? And so I think, I think some of it just comes from, some of it might be. Generational, or just kind of what we're accustomed to doing. We're always, you know, those crunching at, you know, midnight and waking up at five and slaying the day. Is um, I think it's just the picture that our culture has painted as those. If you do that, you're going to be most successful. But I think it is, you can be more efficient and you can with your time and more meaningful um, and intentional with your time if you do take the time for yourself because you're not always, you know. sweating it you know right. being a little bit more efficient
0: so yeah let's dwell on that for a second because i, I think there's probably some leaders listening to the show who are immediately skeptical of that and rejecting it and others need the reminder like why again you know that nudge to to get some time off and you mentioned the to fill their cups and i've also heard it like recharging your batteries tell me tell me about that I mean, what happens as we we exhaust that energy like, where, where does that put us?
1: Yeah, and I can tell you from experience, I, I founded my, um, my first company in 2007, um, and I did work around the clock. I mean, my, and I had, you know, a two-year-old, and, you know, my company was, I mean, he came first, of course, but I was, you know getting five, six hours of sleep, I was working nonstop to, to get my company off the ground and get it as successful as quickly as possible. Um, and you know we've grown in double digits ever since then, starting the company in the recession and we've even grown double digits in the pandemic, which is uh, insane to think about responsibly, of course,'ve we've, we've positioned and come up with some cool ideas. So I have for a number of years, probably more like an, over a decade, you know I was grinding like all the time and I was constantly burnt out and I, I look at my thirties and it's like, gosh, like we get to travel to some cool places and I've done some cool stuff with my family, but I don't have any hobbies. <laughs> my hobbies work. And I, you know, I brought on really awesome executive coach. Um, I've worked with a couple um, over the years. I'm currently working with Hillary Porter. Who's amazing. And what, what's the name? Hillary Porter from each Porter consulting. She's incredible. Um, and I started working with her about um, right, right before the pandemic. And immediately before we even started talking about business growth, we just really killed off the layers. And she's like, you got to work on yourself first. She's like, mm-hmm. your business is not your baby. You know, you you are very successful. You are, you know, growing quickly, starting the second company. We're launching our third in a couple months. She's like, but you've got to take care of yourself. And she really forced me. She's like, I'm not going to work with you on business growth until you actually <laughs> take care peel off the layers and let's get back down to your why. And so it's something that I've been really working hard for. Um, And I can tell you, I have noticed such an incredible difference, you know, when you, you know, be able to spend more time with your family, not on your phone at, you know, dinner, like actually a hundred percent present when you're picking up those hobbies, picking up tennis, you know, spending Sunday mornings playing soccer with your girlfriends and going out to breakfast after, you know, you're doing those things. I feel like I'm enjoying this growth stage you know I'm enjoying the process more because I'm taking time for myself and you know not to say when i am the the thoughts of oh my gosh i should be doing this i should be doing this <laughs> i should be doing this i really have to work hard to squash those because uh you know it's natural but i can tell you it's made such an incredible difference
0: 100 i I mean I, I can relate to that. I'm sure everyone listening can too the idea and there's so many ideas there and one of the ones that stood out to me was the idea of not being on the phone, right. Fully unplugging is really important. And I, I think a lot of us try to, you know, half recharge and we, or we try to, you know, it's, to me, it's like one of those like splitters that's like powering nine different things, including your iPhone or something. And like, why is this not charging very fast? Well, you're, you're, you're spreading that energy across multiple areas. Of course, it's not going to charge your phone. And, and I think there was a, a concept that Dan Sullivan or strategic coach, or one of those groups had put out where they had had said that if you want to count it as a free day, really a rest day, then you you can't, not only can you not look at your email, but you can't even read a business book on that day. Like it is literally, (laughs) you know, because if you're reading a business book, you're like cheating. You're, you're thinking about business. Oh, how can I apply this? How can I apply this? Let me write some down, some things that, you know, you can't go, go read some fiction, right? Find your fiction. And in this, this is such an important point. It happened to me one time I was in Miami and I was at this nice Hilton resort with this crazy pool with two different layers. my kids were swimming around and I checked my email casually. And I got this email and you know what serves me right. The most triggering email I could possibly have received. It wasn't even a big situation, right? It was a little um, vendor who we did some small work with, and I think we owed them like 180 bucks, you know, you know, for a company doing millions in revenue, 180 bucks. Hey, you know, we'll pay you. We have a proper AP function for that. And they were being cranky. Like if you're not going to pay us and that's illegal and we're going to sue you and whatever. And it's like, guys, 180 bucks. It just, but it, it got me so angry because it felt disrespectful and all the different feels. Right. And it totally took me out of this amazing pool with my kids splashing around and it was just like, God, I thought about that the rest of the day, how mad I was uh, about it. And it just reminded me not to check my phone, but to actually fully unplug.
1: 100%. And you yeah. know what? The way the universe works, it's almost their way of saying you should have unplugged. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> that was my she penalty. It. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was my, you're
1: was, in the penalty box. I'm in the penalty <laughs> box. That was my
0: prize. Yeah. Have you ever oh. had that? Have you ever had those things where oh. you yeah. kind of like half unplug?
1: A hundred percent. Because, you know, I do get to travel oftentimes for work. We're doing site inspections and yeah. in, in travel. And so because I do travel a lot for work, sometimes when I am traveling, I am working. But there are times like I just I promised my husband, we're going to Costa Rica to the new Hacienda of Gracia. And it's a really it encompasses like it's really a big wellness property in the you know mountains of Costa Rica. And I promised him no work for three days and this is a big one like no checking my emails no no not even social media for the company you know i have somebody that runs that but not even checking in on that too like you know just trying to really really unplug um because I, i your example of that triggering email is is exactly. I mean, we have things in place where there are people able to pick up our emails and cover when we are out, you know, we work hard to make sure those are in place. So why do we need to pick up those emails? You know, there is somebody that can handle that email that might completely throw you off your, your R and R game, you know? So, yeah. um, but, it, but it's so tempting. You're waiting for a flight, you check your emails, and then all of a sudden you get into something and then you wheels up and, oh my gosh, I don't have internet. <laughs> and I know. It's, it's
0: like, it's so. like a <laughs> habit, right? I, I found myself <laughs> saying, I'm not going to check it. And then I I look at my phone. It's like my email's up. I'm like, wait a second. My thumb was like, you want to go there, right? I'm like, no, I don't want to go there, thumb. Stop it. I know some people that delete the mail app off their phone when they go on vacation.
1: That is, that's a, that's a good habit. That's a good, healthy habit, you know, that that scares me, you know, but I think it's important. I I really, really do because um, even like conversations you can have with people that, you are waiting for a flight for. I'm like, you're completely putting obstacles in front of you for any sort of human connection and interaction. I mean, we're so accessible these days and people are getting used to being accessible. I have so much respect for my partners um, and, and, um, that we work with that put their out of office on like 5, 5.30. So I start to know that, oh, we really have to get to them before 5.30 and then you know some other people we can maybe send an email a little bit later. But I can't tell you, it actually makes me happy when I see somebody say, okay, we're, you know, we're out of office at 530. If this is uber time sensitive, we have this in place, but I'll talk to you tomorrow. You know, I think that's really important. I think not enough of us do that, but I think you also have to train those who you are working with. And I think that out of office kind of trains colleagues, partners, clients to know and establish those boundaries. I think that's the very first step. I don't think you can you know, I I don't think you can think about going away and and super relaxing if you actually don't train and and, and let people know you are out of office. So I think that's the very first basic step to us gaining our mental peace.
0: (laughs) You do have to have things good on the home front, right? You have to be able to even say, no, I can't, I can't check it. You have to know that somebody else has your back or you've trained, like the team is in a loop, they're trained, everyone's covering each other. So you do, to your point, you do have to do that homework to make sure. And that's just good, you know, leadership too, is just building a company to the point where you can have people covering for each other and for yourself. That means you're not quite as critical. And I think sometimes we, we think that it's good that we're critical to the company, but it really isn't because we're just going to hold it back.
1: For sure. For sure. And I have some clients that they'll go away with their families. And then I get that email, like got to come home three days early for work. And I'm like, Oh God, you know, you and serious? You, yeah, it happens, you know, or, you know, I need to make sure this internet or it works. Like they'll go away or they may come later. And it's, you know, it's part, it's each their own. If maybe there's one good solid vacation they take and then the others they're coming and going, but you know, I do see that a lot. I do see people cutting their time away short. Um,
0: uh. So do you, do you counsel them? Do you smack them around? I'm sure you're really helpful to them. It's almost like they need their executive coach to kind of push them around a little bit and be like, what are you doing? I mean, I'm, the only reason I'm coming back is if like some of my immediate family is like ill and in the hospital, then I'm there for you. But like, like what kind of fire? Gosh, or fire. But like, right. what kind of, you know? Man, yeah. that's tough. I mean, it's even worse than checking your emails. Cutting it short, geez.
1: Yeah, to each their own. But but um, but yeah. I, I think travel is a, is a good is is a really good way to recharge. I think it changes perspective, um, not to completely change gears, but I think that it is. We think about sitting by the pool, or we think about going to a cool spa, we think about seeing a new destination. But I think change of scenery and, and shift in perspective, learning about different cultures, even if it's somewhere in the Caribbean or here in the U.S just, you know, a different environment, I think can be hugely changing. I come up with some of my best ideas when I'm out of my, you know, day to day. So I also think that travel can trigger creativity, too. But again, you're not supposed to be thinking about work, but we can't help it, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, but there's something about that. You had mentioned earlier, the idea of, you know, your coach wanting to peel back the layers to get to your why and to sort of unleash that passion. And I think we a lot of us, you know, start these things for a reason. And it's usually a passionate reason. There's a passion. We're building a company around just our desire, our love for something. But when we're tired, that fatigue, you know, the burnt out, the picture in my mind was like a piece of toast, like burnt toast. And then even the most passionate topic you care about doesn't doesn't do much when you have that burnt toast and you're just like, and there's nothing like, to your point, travel, change of scenery, something to get you out of that mode. It's interesting. It's not working more that gets you out of it. It's actually working less for a little bit that kind of gives you a chance to want to get back after it. You know, it's almost like the heart grows fonder because you had a little bit of time away and you, you can't wait to get back to it. Instead of being like, Oh, another day, this is rough. It's like, I've been dying to check my email. I've been dying to, I had a couple ideas over some coconut drinks and I can't wait to get back to it. You know?
1: I love that. I love how you just said distance, distance from your career makes the heart grow fonder. Like, I love that. I'm stealing it, Casey, but I'll credit you. Don't worry.
0: Oh, please do. (laughs) Just Photoshop my photo on there too. So I look really in a Hawaiian shirt, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, but like, just like with relationships and relations that, you know, our relation to our business, we, we miss it then as opposed to bring it 24 seven and just a change of scenery to, I find sometimes just bringing my laptop to a, a local coffee shop. If it's a, if it's a trendy one, if it's a fun one, just kind of breaks that mold for me, um, a little bit, but how much more is if you're in a completely, to your point, a different culture and things are just completely turned on upside down.
1: Definitely. Definitely. Some of some of the favorite places we go to, and this speaks to a lot of places throughout Europe, life is just a little slower there. Like here in the US, we're so fast paced, we're so connected, we're so dial-in. And like Italy is one of my favorite destinations, right? Me too. It's come have, sit down, have a lunch, have dinner. We chat, we eat slowly. We're going to talk about this, you know, you know, sit down. There's, there's no takeaway coffees in, in Italy because you sit you, you, or you stand, you conversate, you actually take a deep breath. You might have a little nibble with it too, but you're not taking your extra large coffee and like rush into the next. You're taking, a, you're taking a hot minute and you're taking a deep breath. And whether it's 10 minutes or 20 minutes, but that's why everyone is just a little bit more realistic.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: one might argue they might live a little longer too.
0: A hundred percent. I mean, even just restaurants thinking about over here, we're trained to like th- that fast turnaround waiter who's like on top of it. They're the ones that are the good ones over here because we don't want to be here a-, a moment longer than we have to. Um, And waiting for that check just drives us crazy, but you can't bring that attitude (laughs) overseas because you, you will be waiting for that check. Well, something I was reading about France, I had a chance to go to Paris before COVID and first time loved it. And I understood right away, like, this is totally different. Something about the check that they're literally not going to bring it unless you ask or something like that. So we're so used to like, Hey, they're on top, They'll find it rude. So they'll just let you sit there. You know, take your time.
1: Yeah, get the best seat in the house. You know, and um, outside and have an having yeah. and two hours for two euro, they're fine with it. Right? It's, It's a lot of a lot of waiters and servers are in salary over there, so I think it's a little bit. <laughs>
0: That's to, what it is. Know, yeah,
1: but still, you know, they'll let you. They'll let you sit and enjoy, and they'll give you some extras too. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a different peace of mind. I like going to Europe for that. One of the reasons why I like going to Europe is a little bit more of a slower pace. You know, Spain has their siesta in the afternoon at time. Storefronts close for two hours. You would never see that.
0: <laughs> you have to adopt it, right? You like, you can't go with that state there. You need to sort of like do that deep breath. sigh, so let it out and realize you're in a different timetable right now. And don't, don't stress, like enjoy the, the quiet, you know, and don't get on your phone to make up for the time. Look at the right. people, look at the Eiffel Tower, do what you need to do. But exactly. um, don't don't try to fill that gap. And I think we just and that's probably where Americans get a bad rap, is if they take our culture over there and it's like, no, you're not that's not what's going on over here. It's different. And for me, I immediately knew in France it was like it's all about um great food, great wine, and enjoying life, like culture and just you know it was like thursday or friday night everyone was on the bank of the river and including teenagers and everyone had wine including the teenagers and it was instead of seeing like kids with whatever they're drinking it's like kids passing around a bottle of wine it was like a classy version of teenagers it was so funny (laughs) but everyone was just along the river and it was just a and everyone was chill. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it was great. Yeah. You don't need much. You just, you need a nice scenery and company. And then that yeah. is, is, that's soul fulfilling for, for them, you know?
0: Absolutely. You know, and I, I guess sometimes things happen. So th- we've talked about how you need to, you know, understand that you're, get, you're you've chosen to go to a new culture. So embrace that, uh, yeah. you know, for the temporary time that you're there. There's probably some other things too that maybe get in the way from really enjoying it. Um, We talked about unplugging. What about stressing out over uh, the details? Because sometimes I like to plan things. Sometimes I don't. Most times I don't. But sometimes on travel, I love to just know and I want to pick the right restaurant and I get kind of stressed out. Like in Paris, I got stressed out trying to find the right restaurant. Don't want to pick a bad one. And I only have limited time. And, you know, like sometimes we get that sort of like that same, you mentioned that same. Uh, type of uh, high achieving attitude we bring to our trip we want that trip to have the high achieving trip status how do we how do we prevent that
1: so well first very simple area you know work with us and our advisors Mm. (laughs) there you go really reputable (laughs) this podcast sponsored by no no. no no but it's true but i mean Backing up a little bit right now, I think with the complexity of travel internationally, there's a lot of people that are choosing to travel. There's some that are deciding to kind of put that on hold, whatever your personal comfort level is in choice. I think we all have to respect each other for what choices we're making for international travel right now. Um, but I think one thing that... Um, is, is a little bit more complex at this time is the entry protocols. And so people are not thinking of that, oh, when I get there, I'm gonna relax. So like what forms do I have to fill out? Am I gonna test negative? Am I gonna be able to go? Am I gonna, to... so I I feel like, so we do work with um, our clients very closely to make sure they have all the information they need. We've got an incredible resource, Sherpa, that we lean on daily, updated every five minutes by, you know, for the different um, government entries and for for different countries and and that sort of thing. Um, So we've got all that in place to really ease those pre-travel anxieties for clients because that's a real thing right now. If you're talking about right now, getting there and backing up further to the planning piece is that we work with clients. We really find out and drill down to their why and where they wanna go. And we design a really cool itinerary And, you know, not just beyond the framework piece, but we'll curate a dining list restaurant list in in Paris and south of France, and those are the places we're going to. We have really great experience makers, we work incredibly hard hard to have um, all over the world. They want to do a cooking class if they want to do a guided, you know, art tour of the Louvre, or whatever it may be. Um, And then we have a really cool app where we organize all of that information, direct contacts where you need to be and when. So you really don't have to be thinking about that next logistics. So you can fully unplug, you know, you've got your, your pool vacations, and then you do have your, your time in Europe or, you know, Asia, Africa, where it might be a little bit more logistically involved. And I think working with a professional can definitely take all of that off your plate, package it into one place for you, have that human connection. Somebody knows you, um, knows what restaurants you may like to go to and, and kind of, handle all of that for you so there's a lot of great resources out there a lot of people are you know still intent on in diy and there's a lot of great like eater you know we lean on eater a lot it's a great food blog has some really great options and some of the best cities in europe all the cities in europe so um i, I think it's just trying to find what planning process is going to work best for you but mm. it, it's daunting like you know we have a team of people looking after every itinerary. So it's I can't imagine one person taking all of that on and being a CEO and, you know, everything else you have going
0: on. Yeah, it's kind of dumb when I really think about it. <laughs> you know, it's funny because this I I I don't think I've ever actually worked with um, an advisor for travel ever. Um, and I've kind of always just wanted to try to do it myself, maybe I like the control or I like the research maybe, but I think back to when I first got An executive assistant. um, Whether it was, you know, eventually you start out with like a VA or something, but eventually just a full-on, full-time executive assistant, life-changing. But you have to, you know, let go of the vine and, and allow them to help you. And and it feels like almost maybe something like this in my mind is clicking for me right now because I was able to delegate and I was able to really lean on and and get so much support from an EA why wouldn't I do the same thing when it's travel? Uh, You know, and Dan Sullivan, again, who, not how, why why when it's everything else in my company, am I thinking who, not how, but when it comes to travel, no, no, no. I can book that Delta flight. You know, I can, I can find that Hilton. No, no. Like I was able to let go of that. And I've, I've gotten an EA to help do domestic booking flights for me, but for somehow vacation, I've been reticent to sort of let go of that.
1: Definitely. And it's actually funny you brought that up. We work with a lot of VAs, you know, that are booking travel on behalf of their CEOs, Interesting. Um, we're part of the executive assistant organization. We offer a lot of I, I do some um, like little training videos and type tips, but we work with them a lot because as you just mentioned the relationship with your EA to do that domestic and then when you have a vacation you're like well she already has all the information she kind of knows she's got my delta frequent flyer she's has my health and frequent flyer hey can you look into this vacation so that's when a lot of EA's pull us in if we're not if some of our team members are not already handling that that corporate travel that effort executive travel um to, to to really help them design those itineraries because it's a completely leisure and corporate are two completely different um, animals um what are the, different the, Corporate, like traveling. For, for
0: oh, corporate. leisure versus traveling corporate. Leisure, okay.
1: Yeah. And, and we're primarily leisure. So um, that we do do some upper executive travel. It depends upon the, the situation. But, you know, one of the reasons to really work with us is, you know, we're part of this virtuoso network, which is this, the, the highest uh, network that comprises of the highest regarded um, travel partners in the world from the top luxury travel agencies to the airlines, to all the top crews, to the hotels, um, and given that kind of buying power that we have being part of the virtuoso network, our clients are getting upgrades, um, hundred dollars spot credits, early check-in complimentary breakfast. You get all these extra value ads that you get worth working with us rather than you would have just booked it on your own. In addition to having that human connection and, and our, you know, 24 support. Um, and that's kind of knowing, you know, we're not an algorithm. We can pick, you know, guides and, and experience makers and chefs and, Um, you know, we've got those connections. So you're not relying on the World Wide Web and a couple Google reviews and cross your fingers and hope it goes well.
0: (laughs) You know, there's two things you mentioned there, the extra value adds and then the connections. Um, These are are my gateway drugs to working with a a travel advisor or having an EA work. I like that combination too because they know you really well um, and then they're collaborating together. Uh, That sounds like a great, result or just one-on-one connecting with them but the idea of the extra value adds because there's something about um booking travel it's almost like even though they're ceos even though you're a leader of a company and you probably are doing okay with money we're we're kind of cheap sometimes you know um and and so it's that weird thing where just feeling like we got a little bit of a deal just makes you feel that much better so you know my thought was always if i you know Maybe a travel agent is just going to make it more expensive for me, but it sounds like not necessarily the case.
1: No, definitely not. Um, definitely not. And it's—I um, was just going to mention something, and it just—I—I um, I, I, I forgot it quickly, but it will come back to me. Yeah. Uh, but that's absolutely—that's—that's that's spot on. Um, it's not more expensive. You know, we work directly with um, with with the hotels. You know, so it's not like there's third party situation we work directly with the hotels we know the general management we know the sales and marketing directors we get the best rate and then we're able to add in um, all those value adds and that's what i was going to say it's principle always you know sure people may have um a much more healthier budget but it's always principle you know we want someone to personally greet you on arrival we want you should have that complimentary breakfast when you wake up every morning you know that those things should be a given because it's a it, it's all always about principle um and Wait, say so, that again.
0: What does that mean A- about principle?
1: Well, it will, for us, it's, it is about, it is about, you know, we want to make sure we're very transparent with our rates. We work directly with the hotels and resorts and villas, Oh, gotcha. but it's always, it always is about the principle. You mentioned the money thing, mm. you know, how some people can afford the higher, you know, rooms and suites, but for us it's always principle. Like you should have those value adds regardless, you know, because you, you know, you are spending that extra um, and, you know, because because we can <laughs> yes
0: yeah see and that was the other thing you mentioned the connections i mean that's what i love about eo itself is just the idea of the connections i we once did an event where we got a chance to kick the soccer ball around on the the foxborough's field you know after a, a revolution game and that was just was like how am i here this is amazing the idea of connections so the value adds and then the connections if you already know that hotel or that place and or You can get us in that, you know, my wife wants to do a cooking class, you can get us in on that thing that doesn't show up on Airbnb experiences or something like there's like, there's like a a real connection. I think that that really has me sold as like an invaluable type experience, because those are those once in a lifetime experiences that we really are seeking.
1: Definitely. And I'll give you an example. And it was, we had a family traveling to Madrid. It was a multi-generational family. Um, And they were doing a few stops, but they ended in Madrid. And we were doing a tour, a private tour for this family um, in Madrid. And I knew the family well. I've been working with them for a bit. And I know their grandson was a huge soccer player, huge, huge soccer player. So um, I connected with um, those that we were working with in Spain for their time in Spain. And I said, Hey, listen, um, you know, this, this kid, oh, He's 13 years old, he's obsessed with European soccer. He's a big soccer player. Um, I know you have a guy that's a big soccer fan, um, just putting it out there, right. If you can make something happen, that's super cool. or just even just chatting up soccer on the, on, on the tour would be really, really cool. Well, it so happened that, um, you know, the timing also worked that they were able to get them into the real Madrid, um, locker rooms and stadium. it was wow. a surprise, right? Sometimes you don't know, but he's, you know, this particular guy was, was local to Madrid, grew up there and knew people. Got them in, it was, you know, it wasn't a game day, it was a practice day, so they saw a couple of players, um, you know, they have a separate practice field, but there was, you know, some, you know, office stuff going along, they got to meet a couple of players, go to the locker room and check out the stadium, you know, how cool is that? So, um, you know, little things like that, when you know people that can open little doors for you.
0: Yeah, little, little things, right? Okay. Little doors even are fun, and they just kind of put a smile to your face, and, and that kid will remember that forever
1: hundred percent hundred percent and then if you want to buy out the Sponza palace in dubrovnik we can do that too that needs to be planned, <laughs> though. That's not, a, <laughs> that's not a
0: surprise if you want to really throw it around way. yeah we, we got <laughs> more doors open up <laughs> at that point no so, yeah there's there's ranges um it just depends you know but either way there's there's ways to make it magical small and large and i think that really that really stands out
1: that's a word we, we we're all about our team is really all about making it magical and memorable and not to just say it because it's just nice to say but it really truly and I think when when you're hospitality you know I've, I've been in hospitality since I was 15 years old from restaurants every every job I've ever had was always about kind of serving people like it truly fills our cup you're like what brings me joy when people come back and they're like oh my gosh that was amazing that was life-changing and it's transformative and that's really what we strive for and I think you know and everyone on our team has the same. We've all taken our work assessment tests, all 18 of us. We're all like crazy high in the dedication, loyalty, serve people, hospitality, like all those boxes are checked off. And I, and it's, you know, when you're in essentially hospitality, which as travel designers, like that's what we do. Like, this is what makes us tick. So it's just kind of like our innate drive to make sure that we can tee up experiences like this for people. It's not just a job for us. So,
0: oh yeah. I mean, that's, that's got to make, that's what you're looking for, right? You're just waiting for those. Can I create the next magical moment for this family or for this um, this, fatigued executive that killed himself away for two days and now now he's going to buy a boat because he's hooked, you know, or something like that.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly.
0: Amazing. Well, you know, speaking of books, just kind of transition a little bit the idea. um, Are there any books that you read a lot? Or recommend a lot?
1: Yeah, there is. I try to read like a book every month. Um, I definitely take time to, to read at least 20, 30 minutes a day. Um, so I read a lot of good books. Sometimes they're more, um, you know, entrepreneurial focused. Sometimes they'll be alternative, like history or fiction or nonfiction. But a couple um, that stand out um, about five years ago, I read this book and it still sticks with me. It's called The Things They Carried by Tim O'Brien. Oh, yeah. Uh, about and, and i just liked it and i think what i really liked about it is just it gets inside people's why and why they do certain things and about the journey and um you know kind of you know again it was about you know you know meeting people and you know little pieces of, of meeting you know things around was life changing Um, But one that I always come back to, um, I I don't generally read a book twice, I don't think I've ever read a book twice, except for The Miracle Morning. I know it's a general book, I know everyone's heard of it, I know it's nothing super, (laughs) but um, I I, I will probably pick it up two, three times a year. You know, we get on, you know, especially, okay, it's January 1, we're on our, like, high kick, we're gonna, like, get up every morning, we're gonna get into our routine, everyone's really hellbent right out of the gate to, like, And then sometimes it fizzles out and I always have that handy to just, whether it's a few chapters or whether I read it from cover to end again, it's just that reminder, like, no, you really should. So make sure you pay attention to those morning hours. Those morning hours can be really critical when you're trying to, to, to kind of wear a lot, wear a lot of different hats and pack it in. And so, um, I love my mornings. I feel like I'm my most productive in the mornings. Um, I love it. Um, sometimes, you know, if I'm going to bed later and I'm missing out, I need a reminder. So that one is just a good way to stay back on track. I rely on that one a lot.
0: As a veteran of the Miracle Morning, any recommendations around that? Anything that stands out for you like that has given it staying power?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, The first couple of times I read it, I felt like I had to actually follow that exact process that they laid out, you know, (laughs) like journal, (laughs) meditate. And I was so like focused on that exact. And I think as I've gone through, I'm like, it's more about creating that morning routine that's going to work for you. Like I, I you know, I, I'm not, so I followed that exact process less, but just paid attention to the importance. I think the essence of what the, the essence of the work is really just driving home the importance of that morning. And so that is really what I like to pull from it every single time I read it is just like the, the benefits, the trickle down effect of really nailing your morning routine has, not necessarily the exact steps that lay, they laid out. So, um, I don't, what about you? I mean, do you follow those exact steps or is it more of just about the morning in general?
0: You know, I, I do it for a few, few days, a few weeks, maybe, but then sometimes things throw off that routine. Yeah. Um, and I find that there's other things that maybe it's in the book too. I need to reread it. So even having this conversation reminds me, <laughs> Hey, go reread some of these things that kind of help you organize your day, reread that it's important. Um, Tom Habits was another uh, good one uh, related to that. But Miracle Morning, I I did I did that. But I find that if you stay up late, it makes it harder to get up early. But then what makes you stay up late? Well, you're not tired. So maybe it's because you didn't work out that day. You're not tired because you stayed up late. You know, and so you just were on your phone. You stayed up late, or you didn't have a good go go to bed routine. And that made it impossible to have a get get up early in routine if you're not necessarily a natural morning person, you know? So that daisy chain for me was kind of important to, to look at.
1: Definitely. I'm not naturally a morning person either. You know, yeah. I'm late at night. I'm fine sleeping, you know, eight, nine, but with kids and knowing that if I actually want to have any sort of, um, you know mental peace and have time to do some things and feel a little, little bit relaxed stepping into my day at 9. AM that is so critical. (laughs) So that overwork overpowers the, you just want to hit the snooze button a few times because you're still comfy and it's cold and it's winter.
0: (laughs) Especially when it's cold, man, this morning, I did not want to get up. I was like, get up and go to the gym and go out in the cold. Oh my goodness. Triple whammy, but I did it, you know?
1: Yeah that's
0: huge. But now I got to add in some of these, these sprinkles of all the other things that need to happen in the morning, which is, which is cool. But yeah, it just reminds you to think about the different moments of time you have that you can control. You can't always control it once the day starts and things move. And, you know, how many times we rescheduled a two o'clock meeting as opposed to in the morning, you can kind of control that as long as you went to sleep on time.
1: Exactly. Exactly, and I think in the day of Netflix and Hulu and all those other things, we're so like, oh, just watch one more,
0: <laughs> so,
1: just one more, just one more. It's dangerous. Midnight, it's so dangerous. It's that's another like thing we've been conditioned to do is binge watch, to, that night. But it's mindless. At the end of the day, right. you're just like, okay, my brain's fried. I need some. Mind. I need some something to take me out of, you know.
0: It was almost better when back in the day, Netflix sent you a DVD, you know, and I went through three episodes lost, but there's no more on that one. So I guess I'm going to have to wait, you know, time for bed. (laughs) You
1: know, God forbid we have to wait until like Monday at nine, nine PM every week to watch our, our favorite show,
0: which is, which is your favorite right now.
1: Oh gosh. Um, we just finished watching clickbait, which was very good. Very interesting. I think it just, you know, again, speaks to our culture of just having those, you know, you know, the connected and dialed in and anything at your fingertips. So, um, that was, that was interesting. Um, you know, I love below deck, you know, Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo well, it's your
0: industry kind of, you know,
1: kinda, but it's yachts and it's like, Serving people and some are easier than others, and I just I love that show. So below deck is my my guilty pleasure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, what's I mean? What's yours? You I'm sure. Well, <laughs> I will say
0: below deck does remind you that all the people that are serving around you are real people too. You know, yeah. and sometimes we forget that, but and yes. they all have their their ups and downs and their crazy times. Yes. Yes, they fulfill a function. Um, as we all do at our jobs but they're real people too it's very interesting um seeing and you kind of like i could do that that looks like a fun job (laughs) be on a boat (laughs) wear shorts and a polo shirt and oh, let's let's set up the 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 pool today let's set up this (laughs) except for the cook the cook seems like she has a real job like she is making fine things every day and that seems like work everyone else seems like they're having fun
1: I, I agreed agreed yeah that's a tough job that's a I, I feel like they don't get enough love that's an unsung hero gig being a, a, a private chef on a yacht with very limited space and no staff to help you prep so like you know kudos kudos to her and him and all the past seasons chefs.
0: yeah I don't, know how, I don't know how they pull it off it, it, that is kind of the magic of the show is just what are they going to cook today so it's like almost like a cooking show and a travel show and a real housewives show all boiled into one
1: Exactly. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. I'm like, if she can cook on this yacht, I can pull together breaded chicken with <laughs> green beans, <laughs> <fresh> potatoes. <laughs> yeah. I can't away. Where's the
0: barada? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, hey. Super quick. Before we run out of time, I'm just really curious. Who are you? Who are you? Can you like take me back in time? to like little little you days. Did you always know you're going to be in travel? Did you always have this sort of like eye to a future destination?
1: You know, that's funny. So um I grew up in Mansfield Mass, so born and raised Massachusetts, um, oldest of three. So I guess if you want to like psychoanalyze the older sibling trait, I mean, I was always definitely the one that um, you know, was, you know, a little bit more structured, like to, you know, do like a lot of different projects, <laughs> all those different things. Yeah boss around my little one. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, I mean, I had my first, um, I I think the first, my, my first thought was just, I love being like an entrepreneur. I was nine years old. Um, I used to love Say by the bell. So I got two of my, um, girlfriends in my, um, neighborhood to start an ice cream stand called Zach's Ice Cream Stand. Um, and it was so good because we did the, you know, print shop and we printed off like marketing flyers and put wow. a got on our bikes and put them all around town. And first day we're, we showed up and we're making our own ice cream and at the ice cream stand at the end of the driveway and the Board of Health rolls up and thought it was a professional ice cream thing in a residential neighborhood with no... <laughs> commercial zoning and was ready to shut us down and he's like where's Zach's ice cream stand and we're like right here they're like your marketing is great but
0: (laughs) wow so your marketing was so good you got the health department there
1: got the health we were there there like leave the kids
0: alone but they thought it was a real thing
1: they thought it was a real thing i guess our marketing like leading up to our opening day was 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 pretty good for for us Anyways, so I guess, you know, I think the first thing was entrepreneurship and, and marketing, I think I really loved to do and I was a marketing major, um, went to the University of Rhode Island um, marketing major. Um, I, I played soccer since I was eight so I was a big soccer player met some of my best friends on the soccer field, even to this day I still play um, God I love my soccer girls. Um, uh, still talk every day. Great group of women. Um, I've played co-ed too, um, but as I've gotten a little older, you know, I'll <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> to that. But um, so I went to University of Rhode Island. I was a marketing major. Um, I also studied textile science. Um, I co-founded, uh, co-founded an organization that's still in existence today called Student Organization Leadership Consultants. Um, And I co-founded it with two other students um, and a professor our sophomore year. And basically what that was is there was a big Greek system on um, on campus. And it was, I think, losing its, um, it was kind of going more the way that wasn't really fulfilling the mission and values of what, you know, Greek life could be. Um, So we really, what we did is we came together with a team, co-founded this organization, went into each house Greek house and you know took it really back to basics your mission your values charity community contributions um really just trying to clean it up a little bit I was in in Greek life also in Sigma Kappa and I was really you know in it for the for the connections and and that and um my junior we were doing a lot of the um you know the departments like the engineering department and nursing department and, and doing missions, sometimes we'd do a full day retreat. Sometimes we'd do a two to three day retreat. That included ropes courses and trust building exercises. And it's still in existence today. So it's kind of cool to see something like that, that's still going strong. And now they're actually going into a lot of businesses in that area down in Rhode Island. So um, that was great. Um, I studied abroad my junior year in London. Loved it, caught the travel bug there. Um, my trips growing up were usually in the station wagon going to places like Williamsburg and Niagara Falls. Um, Not a whole heck of a lot of international travel, but that junior year in college really opened my eyes. You know, being in London, every weekend was a different trip somewhere, take the train, go somewhere cool. So I knew I wanted to incorporate travel somehow into my career. And, um, you know, moved to Nantucket when I was 23, just for a summer to make some money for grad school. And then I ended up staying and getting a job in the local travel agency. thinking it was just going to be a part-time thing well, I spent a year in Nantucket. And then I ended up staying and eventually opening up my own travel design firm in 2007. So here we are.
0: <laughs> You've always been hustling. You've always been creating and and leading changes, change makers around you.
1: Definitely. I, I, um, I think so. I, I think um, I, I've always had an eye for just, you know, net like that, like, what can we do next? What can we do next? And, you know, how can we do things a little bit better, a little bit, um, more, more cooler, more creative. I also have a really neat creative side. So I think that plays into the marketing aspect really well. Um, so marketing and now they
0: really are businesses, not just an ice cream stand <laughs> and the marketing's so, on point.
1: <laughs> ice cream stand. Yeah. <laughs> Man,
0: that's, in, that's incredible. Crazy. Nantucket. What was Island life? Like
1: it was definitely small island. It is a small island. So when we went on lockdown in 2020, I was like, I got this. It's like winter on Nantucket it is not much. going on. <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: you wintered yes. there. So you were like, you were living there full time.
1: I ended up living there. I went there for a summer, ended up staying eight years, um, year round. Um, it's a, it's a really cool island. I mean, in the summer it's, you know, busting at the seams and in the winter, it's very, very quiet. Um, you definitely need a lot of hobbies, um, you know, high Hyannis Cape Cod Mall was it was the travel destination for me for those eight years.
0: Yeah, you gotta ride a ferry to get there.
1: <laughs> exactly. It, exactly. But it's um it's a very small community, really great community, um, really supportive community. Um, and it's you know, they work really hard to protect their island for sure. Um, and you really see that spending eight years there. You know, the islanders are very proud of of the island and protecting it. And um it's it, it was neat. It, it was it was really cool. And then I moved back. Um, early thirties, right about my thirties back to the Boston area and been here since. So, so yeah. Yes. Had some
0: friends on, on the vineyard and bigger, a little bit bigger of an Island, but at, you know, same kind of thing where we would visit them year round. So some of our best times was when we visited them during the holidays, Christmas time, you know, you have snow in the vineyard and cobblestones and Egertown town and that kind of thing. Just beautiful and not a lot of people and it was kind of fun when there wasn't a lot of people um but yeah. also staying with someone local where it wasn't necessarily all the touristy things but man wh- what do you do <laughs> and so I went to a <laughs> llama farm i've been to a turtle sanctuary <laughs> an estuary whatever i can do um like you're right it's, but it's you know just like we're talking about with europe island life's a little bit slower it's a little bit more casual and you get where you're going and that's okay and you're on an island
1: you are definitely on an island it was it was it was really really relaxed but moving back i think it was more like okay this is more my speed and you know my whole family and friends are off island i went off island a lot especially in the winter time to kind of you know get a good change of scenery but um yes hobbies are definitely critical if you're going to spend Yeah, a-
0: maybe it's a nice place to visit, right? If if you're high speed, you know, you, you want to yeah. visit a low speed place, <laughs> but not necessarily move there just yet. <laughs>
1: for sure, for sure. But I can relate. We were just down in Curaçao scoping out a property for some clients, so oh, for wow. May. um and it was right before the high season kicked in, so we got to spend some good time um for a few days one of my advisors and I and you know, the island, you know, the island life and the island mentality is, you know, if you can kind of dial into it and respect it and um, you know, we're working with these, these people very closely for this big event we have there in May. Um, you know, I think it, it, it's a different mentality. It definitely is. And I think even visiting there, you kind of have to, you know, sometimes people complain the service is a little slow or they're not getting, you know, but I think you have to understand, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: Caribbean is a lot different than Yantaka, but I think it's still that similar. I'm very protective of their place of their island. Want This, you know, mission to, to preserve it and not let it get completely overrun. So
0: hundred percent. So um, where can people connect with you if they want to reach out just to connect yeah. professionally or they want to plan something, whether it's, you know, personal leisure, whatever there might be.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Thank you, Casey. Um, so, you know, I, I own Travel Luster, um, Andy D- Alexia Travel. What's the difference? Travel Lester founded in 2016. It's a portfolio of uh, Boston-based travel advisors. So you're going to get an awesome team of um, 18 advisors to choose from. Um, you can uh, connect to this. Um, our Instagram handle is at Travel Boston, Facebook at Travel My personal book of business where my team and I serve our clients. Um, really, we cater to the CEO, that CEO level travel. It's DA Luxury Travel. Um, you can find us at hashtag, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Instagram handle da luxury travel, Facebook da luxury travel, LinkedIn da luxury travel. That's where I I serve both from. So, um, and my so personal fun. Instagram handle is at kristen underscore travel underscore insider, and that's me. Can- I like that. <laughs> I like <laughs> that.
0: What does the <laughs> DA stand for?
1: So, uh, fun fact: In 2007, when I launched um, my company, DA I launched first. It was Destination Affairs. It was the middle of the recession. The number one growing market in the industry was just was uh, people taking their weddings and celebrations internationally, um, especially down. So, starting with zero marketing budget, basically zero dollars, I was like, I gotta tap into the number one growing market in the industry. And right now, that's destination events, um, primarily like, you know down in the Caribbean, we've done some really cool stuff in um, in Europe and whatnot, but, um, and as the, the business evolved in, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, I love doing those big events. We still do a lot of events. I have an awesome event designer on my team. We do some really cool stuff, um, but I really specialize just like purely in that travel space, like That's that amazing. designing really cool creative itineraries.
0: Um, you ever done any forum retreats? Like forum, forum retreats? retreats? Yeah.
1: Um, no, but I would absolutely love to. We have done cool. some retreats for for groups, but I, I would be honored and I would love to do something really cool with, um, with EO. For yeah, some- we should
0: talk offline because we're, okay. we do them once a year. So, and we're always trying to step it up to that, that really classy, um, yeah. you know, a bunch of CEOs run around like cats. You got to corral them into a cool adventure once a year, so.
1: Oh, definitely. I just had a meeting yesterday with, um, so I, uh, there's a, a woman on my team, Nicole, who is also really well-known in the Boston area for mm-hmm. uh, events. She might be a, a good guest too. She primarily deals with corporate, um, just kind of how we can create these really neat, intimate events for CEOs. That's going to be more beyond the golf and spa, right? Like it's going to be really cool, creative, it, like nothing you could probably kind of, you know, like think like little surprises and cultural experiences and, and, and some neat stuff. So would Absolutely. love to that
0: golf and spa works too they all all the exactly. things <laughs> <laughs> exactly
1: exactly oh, oh, Kristen, I, love this is... like, I like golf yeah golf and spa is great but you know <laughs> yeah take it a little bit yeah
0: totally <laughs> this has been awesome uh you are incredible thank you so much for coming on here
1: thank you for the opportunity i really appreciate it um i love eo i'm here if anybody needs anything travels complex lean on us we're in it every day you know we can yeah. save you time again.
0: absolutely amazing and for those listening If you learned something, and I know you did, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, front and back. (laughs) Uh, I learned a few things, and I also learned how to maybe delegate some things and maybe start working with an advisor on the travel side. So I'm not trying to nitpick all the details and be amateur hour when I'm traveling. So I learned a lot myself, but if you did learn something, share this with someone else, one person, 30 people, 304, whatever the case that's thought leadership, just getting information into someone else's hands. And again, Kristen, thank you again for being on here.
1: Thank you. Cheers. Happy new year.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Hey, everyone. It's been another exciting episode of leadership in action we will see you all next time leadership in action is sponsored by the boston chapter of the entrepreneurs organization as the world's only peer-to-peer network exclusively for entrepreneurs eo helps transform
1: the lives of those who transform the world